of a parent, this message might relate to you. But before we get into that, can we just, can we praise God that we got to hear from Janelle today? I don't know how cool, wasn't that cool? I don't know, I thought that was pretty amazing. So let's praise God that Janelle could be with us. And Janelle, I know you can only be here like, what is it, two weeks or something here at Christmas, or it's a very short time, and Janelle's going back, I think Friday, Friday going back, so she's going clear across the world, way up high in the mountains, and that's awesome that you get to do that, but we're so glad you're here. I don't know about you guys, I notice it's different around here when Janelle's around here, and it's good, it's a good thing. So I think that's true probably for any of us, if any of us are missing, we notice, um, but Janelle, we miss you when you're not here. So I'm just going to pray for Janelle, then we'll, we'll get started here. Dear Lord, we thank you for uh, uh, Janelle. We thank you for her life and what she's meant to so many people around here. I thank you that we even heard about Days for Girls and how we tangibly were able to give something that's taken across the world. That's really cool. I thank you for that. And more than all that, though, we just thank you for um, not what people do or what they're able to accomplish. Lord, we thank you for just what you're doing in the hearts and lives of people. It's good to be a part of a fellowship like that. And that's a gift from you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you go to my dad's garage, you'll see stuff hanging on the walls. He's got license plates all over the place. And they're the perfect, if you're, if you're a Carlson, it's like the perfect decor. They're a little hard to get. There's a story behind everyone, so it gives you a reason to talk with somebody. And they're cheap. In fact, if no one's watching, they're free. <laughs> Which is kind of bad if you're a pastor. Um, but anyways, all right. If you go to my garage, if you go to my garage, it's kind of the same thing. I don't have license plates, but I have stuff hanging on the wall that... It, it's kind of hard to get. It, on my wall, it's sports teams. I coach different teams, and so I always get pictures made of these teams. And so I just, where do you hang these pictures up when you're done? You put them up in the garage. So I got pictures of sports teams in my garage. And they all have a story. There's a story behind every one. I could tell you stories about them. All right? I also want it to be cheap or better yet, free. All right? So I have got a, a really cool, I think, Rib Mountain like art piece of artwork thing. I was at a rummage sale and no one wanted it. So it was mine. It was free. So that's hanging up in the garage. So that's, that's my garage. So I have a garage. I can tell you right now, it's, it's, it's like my dad's garage. It really is. I picked up some other things from my parents. I'm a class B coffee snob. All right. So what does that mean? Class B coffee snob means if, if you invite me to your house and you put out the Hills Brothers or the Folgers or something, that I will drink it. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to mm, lift my nose. But on, at home, when I'm drinking coffee, I like to yeah, I spend a little bit more on my coffee than Hills Brothers. I get a little fancier than that. But I'm not class A. Class A would be you'd have the pour over just to the right temperature, measured out beans. And I have a brother. I have a brother that does this stuff. He's got coffee measured by the gram in the filter so okay so the right way to do coffee can i just say class b coffee snob is the way to do coffee if you're class a class c that's fine class b is the way to go okay so that's from from my dad so those are some just things 
And I look at my life and I say, that's a little bit who I am. I am marked somewhat by who my parents and who my heritage is. And there's positive things. There's good things I like. And then I look at other things in my life and I go, oh, I just, that was Eldon Carlson that just said that. Except it was out of my voice, out of my mouth, all right? Or that's my dad's name, it's Eldon. Or sometimes I do things and I'm like, oh, shoot, that's just so what I don't want to be. That's for my mom or that's for my dad. I don't want to do that. And I just said that to my kid or I just said that to Jen or whatever. And it's not right. Um, there's positives. But there's negatives too. And I just want it. I would wish it wasn't always. But that's what happens, all right? They were talking about a situation where Jesus was meeting with some people and they said, we've got great heritage, we've got great parents and Jesus is like, well, I think you can do better. Today we're going to be talking about our heritage. I'd like you to think about right now and probably you'll laugh about it if you talk about it at lunch later, but what's something that the person you care about, maybe you, what's something you do that you know is totally from your mom? Or totally from your dad. The way you look. You looked at a picture of your parents from, say, 10 years ago, and you're like, oh my goodness, that's me. <laughs> All right, so think about that right now. What's a habit? What's a look? What's a something you do? Your class B coffee snobbing. What is it that you do that's from your parents? It, that might be a connect for you for when Jesus was saying to some Pharisees, some Jewish people back in his time, I want you to live a better way. I'd like to invite Mike to come up just now. Mike's going to read some scripture. He's going to read out of John chapter 8. And I added extra verses to him to his schedule this week. So he told me if he runs, if he runs out of breath or runs out of air, it's, it's on me. And so I'm going to take full responsibility. I'm looking for a microphone. Will this one work? Should I use this one? Chris has given me the signal. All right, so... Mike's going to read chapter 8. Um, if you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, every, the notes from today are in there. You can read it. Um, um, all, everything you need is there as well. So I got this for you, Mike. All right. Okay, I saw you. Save me off. Yeah. All right. This is from John 8, uh, verses 19 through 36. Hey, let me go on the side. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. You get it down. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> All right. Then they asked him, Where is your father? You do not know me or my father. <clears throat> Jesus replied, If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offering offerings were put, that no one sees him. Because his hour had not yet come. Once more Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he said, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you did not believe that I am he. You will indeed die in your sins. 
Who are you, they asked. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have been, I, I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy. And what I have heard from him, I tell you the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in my father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. Thanks, Thanks Mike. We all have fathers, we all have mothers, and we pick up certain things from them. Jesus is pointing out in this passage, there might be a better way to go. There might be a different pathway we could follow. Before we get hung up on being the best we can be of our mom or best we can be of our dad, maybe we could choose a better example. Jesus is calling us to this higher place. In your program this morning, there's some blanks in the outline. If it, if it helps, you can fill those in this morning and it might help you understand a little bit better what all this means. And maybe give some insight about what it means to choose our Father in heaven as that model. So to begin with, to know Jesus is to know God. You heard Mike read this verse. It says, They said to him, therefore, these Pharisees, the religious leaders, the people that had it sorted out, the people that had the understanding, the people that knew everything, that they probably had the first five books of the Bible memorized. They knew everything that there could be to know. They said to him, Where's your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These Pharisees thought they were in a great spot. They thought they had all the answers. And I was, I was reading this, I was trying to come up, what is that compared to? What is that like in my life? And I, 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 grew, I think the closest I could come up to was, I grew up in a church where what we believed, the right things to believe was really important. And we were convinced we had it figured out that we had it down. 
And one of the most important things you, you could do was you had to pray a prayer. You had to pray this prayer of salvation. And I don't want to discount anyone who's done this, but I know this is what I did. We prayed prayers. So we prayed prayers for salvation at Vacation Bible School and at Bible camp. And with Salty the Singing Songbook. Does, I, first service, no one knew about Salty. Does anybody here know about Salty? Oh my goodness. I listened to Salty the Singing Songbook, all right? And you don't need to follow Salty. He's probably on YouTube somewhere. It's not necessarily good to go into that. But anyways, so you did this. And it, that's okay. It's okay to have good theology and believe the right things. But what Jesus is calling us to and what Jesus is saying here, let's talk about maybe not just about what we believe, but let's say, let's let it affect how we act. Think about this. If, if we believe that every person is created in God's image and everyone is equal and everyone is deserving of respect and everyone is deserving, what, what should we do if we realize that this is not happening in places? In Nepal and other places, children, young women, are not allowed to be a part of society. They're not allowed to be a part of education. They're not allowed because of something that they have no control over. So if this isn't right, what should we do? We should do Days for Girls. Days for Girls is not... I, when I first came, I had no idea until last month, I had no idea what Days for Girls was. I thought, Days for Girls, they must... They must I don't know, eat donuts and drink tea or something. I don't know what the days for girls, what is that all about? Then I found out. Uh, this is, to me, this is amazing. This is a really cool thing. This is like actually living out what we say we believe. To me, it's far more important. I, I shouldn't say it's more important. It is equally important to have an understanding of what we believe and let it impact how we live. If the two do not go together, I think we're missing something. And I believe that's what Jesus is saying in John 8. Jesus is saying, you can know me and you can know God. And he is identifying himself with someone greater than just some ancestor. So we can know Jesus, we can know God. It's, he's taking us to something familiar to take us to something greater. Do we know our parents? Do we know our mom and dad? Of course we do. And we can't help but be like them in some ways. Their mannerisms, how to handle stressful situations, what to do. We know our parents. And he's saying, we can know our parents, we can know our, our, our heritage. Can we know him? Don't just be like your parents. Don't just pick out the best attributes of mom or best, best attributes of dad. Pick something better. Know me. Know the Father in heaven. Some people have pointed out in the Bible, and they use this passage, John chapter 8, to say Jews were the problem. This is used by some anti-Semitic groups to prove that Jews should be treated a certain way. And I would say that is so wrong. That is not what this is saying. What it is saying is anyone that does not know Jesus, anyone that rejects Jesus, Jew or Gentile, wealthy or poor, intelligent or not so much, every group, every people, every, every background, race, creed, whatever, if we do not know Christ, we can't know God. That's a problem. 
This should be something for us to know. Do we know Jesus? And by knowing Jesus, our vision forward is transformed. Number two, we can know Jesus, and as we know him, we can know freedom. This is some of the best verses you'll read in the Bible are in this passage of John chapter 8. I guess they're all good. It's just they're, they're powerful. They're loaded with great information, great truth that will transform our lives. John 8, 31 and 32 says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my truth, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. To be set free is Jesus' hope for us. He wants all of us to have that freedom. He wants us to have this freedom. And he's got a design and a plan for that to happen. As we get into 2020, what do people do in January? What do people do every year? We wait till February to break it, sometimes sooner, but what do we do? We, we make resolutions. This is the year I'm going to fit into that outfit that I've been waiting for. This is the year I finally have financial peace. This, no, wait, this is the year I'm going to finally talk to mom and it's not going to go wrong. This is the year I'm going to, whatever it is, you, you name it. This is the year. And so we make a resolution, we make a promise to ourselves, we make it and then, you know, whatever. And it, it doesn't always work that way. What Jesus is saying, let's, okay, if you want to make a resolution, some of us are good at setting goals and accomplishing them. If that's you, I, we're grateful for you. Keep going. Keep doing it. But what Jesus is saying is maybe a different pathway. He says, listen to me. If you abide in my word, look in my word. I have this laid out for you. You don't have to make this stuff up. Abide in my word. Know the truth. You can know the truth. The way that... We might live is there. And this truth will set us free. Today, we would like every one of you, all of us, myself, you, we, we created a psalm book. Now, it's not all the psalms. It's just psalms that you gave us over the last month that you say are important, significant to you. We put that in a little book with a description of how to go through it. It's for the next three weeks. We hope that you'll take that that home, and we hope that you'll start reading through that every single day for the next three weeks. If you do this, we believe that God's truth will begin to abide in you. God's truth that is meant to set us free will be instilled in your heart and mind. The Psalms, why did we pick that? It's, it's, it's got direction and peace and hope for every situation. They, they anticipate, the Psalms anticipate what we will face and prepares us for the emotional, spiritual, and social conditions we find ourselves in. It highlights dangers, it corrects our thoughts, and it shows the kind of attitude that we might need to have and how to talk to God about it. May 2020 be the year where we find freedom in Christ through His Word as we abide in him. That'd be an excellent thing. And by knowing Jesus, we can know that freedom. The alternative is what? It's being trapped. Our culture traps us. I, I know one of the things I have started doing more and more, 
or I should say less and less, I'm spending less and less time on social media. I used to be on Facebook once in a while or Instagram and all these things, and I've gotten away from a lot of that. Why? Because whenever I found myself, whenever I looked at those things, I was like, man, that's, I should have that. That relationship or that cool thing or that whatever they are, they're doing. This, it's so amazing what they're doing. I don't have that. So I, that, I don't know, the inner side of myself said, oh, I wish I had that. And I remember thinking, I don't want to, this is, it's not even true what's being out there. It's like a f- partial picture. It's not the whole picture. So our culture is teaching us one thing. And what Jesus is saying, you can, you can look at my truth. You can abide in me. It's better. Don't just go to your parents. Don't just go to your culture. Don't just go to your Facebook. Come to me. This is better. What about our history? Does our history ever weigh on us? Has this ever happened to you when you're just sitting there and you're just minding your own business, doing your own thing, and then all of a sudden a thought from somewhere way back when comes into your mind and you're reminded, yep, you screwed that one up, Joe. Boy, you could have done better there. What if you would have, you know where you'd be right now if you, I know that that happens to me sometimes. Our history comes back and reminds us, this is what we did wrong. Jesus is saying, well, I I get it, you all have history. That's true. We're not going to pretend you don't have history. But we can abide in my word. We can abide in me. Find a better way. Just this last week, a, uh, a friend stopped by, and they were talking about their, their situation, and they said, you know, Pastor Joe, I believe, but man, I don't know if I'm all the way there yet. I, I believe in what we're talking about here, but I don't know if I'm quite there yet. And, and I totally get that. There's a story in Mark where a man, he brought his son to Jesus because his son wasn't right. In that case, it was a physical thing. It was a, their son wasn't physically okay. So he, he knew that he didn't have what it took to fix his son. It was not possible within him to fix his son. So he brought his son to the only answer he knew. And brought, so well, he had belief in Jesus, right? He believed in Jesus. So he could bring his son to Jesus because he had faith. And, and he asked Jesus, is this possible? Can you, can you heal? Can you help my son? And Jesus is like, come on, man. I'm Jesus. I got this. But do you believe? And his response is that most accurate response a person can probably give. It's the one we're all probably able to give today. I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Why are you even here today? Why did you why'd you bother to come to listen to God's word? Maybe to because you believe on some level, and I would also say, we don't, we're not all the way there. Are we 110% believing this stuff? It, do we believe, and what I mean by that is, have we turned that son or daughter, that spouse over to God, and 100% believe that God will take care of it? Is our financial situation completely in his hands? Is our future completely in his hands? Is everything in your life completely, 100% in God's hands? I think if we're honest, no, it's, it's not true for me anyways. I want it to be true. Although, sometimes I really, if I'm honest, don't want it to be true. I still am not ready. But this is what God is saying. Abide in me, abide in my truth. I want to set you free. I believe, help me with my unbelief. So what happens if we, instead of choosing Jesus, 
choose some other way. Without Jesus, we are slaves. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. Sin is relentless. It's powerful. It breaks people. In John chapter 8, just right before this passage, Jesus, and we heard about this from Pastor Kim last week, a woman is caught in the very act of adultery. And they are going to get their pound of flesh. They're going to get this woman. And Jesus sets this woman free, first from the people that were going to throw the rocks, but equally important, he set her free from the sin that was going to break her. He does both. That's what this happens with Jesus. But without Jesus, we are slaves to that sin. So what does sin do? It hinders us. It keeps us from growing into what we could be. It masters us. It, can, it forces us into situations that we didn't ever intend to be in. It enslaves us, holds us back. So Jesus knows us and he came to set us free because he knows our problems, because he knows our sin. He didn't come because of our perfectness. He came because he knows we need this. So if we focus on him, what happens? With Jesus, we become children of God. Number four, with Jesus, we are children of God. This verse is powerful. If you looked at the sign on the way in, if you came from, from the north, our sign has this verse on there. And we picked this verse because we want, wouldn't it be awesome if our entire community understood what this verse says? What if our world knew what this, not just like memorized it. You could memorize this in like 30, you could memorize this before you leave here today. But not just to memorize it, to believe it, to know it, to understand it. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Wouldn't that be good? Like, I mean, think about what that would do for the people that live in that house right there. What if they knew and believed and understood what that truth was? What would it do for them? Would it be a good thing? Good for everybody we meet. As I was reading through this passage, I started thinking about why, why did God do what he did? Why does he do what he does? Why does he pick me? Why does he pick you? Why were you so special that he picked you to be a part of? Because why did he do this? What's so special about anybody in this room today that he would want us? But think about what God has done throughout his history. He, he chose to be his spokesman, uh, a stuttering man named Moses. Think about the man after God's own heart. What did a man after God's own heart, do you know, if you look through, through King David's family history, that guy was a horrible dad. You know how many wives he had? This is just, this is not the way you do it, this man after God's own heart. How about those disciples? Have you ever read about his disciples? What were they like? I mean, we love Jesus. I think Jesus was amazing. He was perfect in every way. But we'd have to agree, Jesus, you could have done better in picking your disciples. They seem to have a lot of issues. As soon as there's trouble, they're bailing. All right? They're going to betray you. This is a bad, you know, his HR department or whatever was, was failing. And yet, maybe that's exactly what he was hoping for all along 
He chooses us to be his children. Because of how perfect we are? Come on. Why are we God's children? Why does he want his children? Okay, so someday, or we're aware of, it happens, divorce happens, and we get separated from a loved one. But can you separate, can you divorce your children? I, I, think, I think, suppose I've heard of court cases where mom or parents divorce children or children divorce, but does that really work? Come on. You can't do that. You're always, it's a permanent deal. You don't divorce children. Can't be done. God, in his wisdom, says, I want to have children. I want you to be the inseparable children of me, to live in my house. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. We can be children of God. That's good news. What we believe matters. I think if we haven't prayed a prayer of salvation, we should pray that prayer. We should know the Bible and we should understand these truths. But I think just as important is that how we act matters. The Pharisees were absolutely like, I don't know if you could find better theologians in the world than those Pharisees. But those Pharisees needed to change, they needed to put Jesus in charge, they needed to trust in something else. We are not hired hands. We are not distant relatives. We are the very children of God. There's a song, I don't know if we sang it, I, I'm mixing up because I had first service and then we're at this one, but it says, and we can be called the friends of God. And that's true. There is a verse in the Bible that talks about how we can be called a friend of God. But in this passage, we should really change the song. If, if, if you want to change the lyrics to the song, I'm giving you permission right now. All right? We are called children of God. I can be a son of God. I can be a daughter of God. Amen, Grace. So Jesus is trying to tell me, and he's telling you, I've got principles, i got things. But I want you to live out your faith. Let's tie all this together. Let's, let's do this. So Carlson's have issues. Let's, can I just be honest? We have issues. If you meet my dad, you spend time enough, long enough with me, I got issues, all right? So one issue Carlson's have, if we get stressed, if we, we just want to make things happen. So what do we do? We make things happen. And, and I don't always make it happen in the best way possible. And there's a Carlson saying, it's, it goes something like, don't, and I didn't understand this at first when I first heard it, but now I'm, yeah, I get it. Okay, so don't force it, get a bigger hammer. And I think that doesn't quite, I don't know. Well, anyways, that's one thing we say, all right? The other thing that I notice, my, my dad says this all the time in conversation. So, so, when are you coming over? So what's happened at Bethany? So what are the boys up to? So it's like a, it's like a, a conversation device. To, to, and I find myself when I'm talking to people. So, oh, I said, I'm my dad, I'm Eldon. Um, so, so is a connector. So it's a because. So is like because. So, because Jesus is our He's our God. He's our Father. He's there. 
what does that mean? Can we trust and believe in him? Can I set aside these finances that are throwing me completely for a loop? Can I, so can I believe and trust that in him? So my, my, my spouse, it's not, I'm not able to talk like I want to talk with them. It's coming out wrong. So can I give that to you, God? So my 2020 is not where I want to be. Can I, so God, I'm giving this to you. Can you speak into my life, into this situation? That is what his heritage could be. I could be trying to be like my dad and I'll never be like, first of all, I'll never be like my dad and that wouldn't even be a good thing to to necessarily do in every area of life. But could I be like my father in heaven? Would that be a good thing to strive for? That'd be better. We're gonna take some time right now. We're gonna sing a couple of songs. You might even hear that, that lyric in there. Children, or we can be called friends of God. You can substitute your, your title instead. You can be a son. You can be a daughter of God. And then we'll go into communion. And it'll be a time for us to make right, to bring before him our hearts. Like what he would like for us to, like for us to do. I invite the worship team to come up and let's do that.